We have another live show for you guys. We're coming back to New York City because I'm back in town. We put something together for May 15th. We're back at Sesh Comedy. Show starts at 7.30. Doors open at 7 p.m. I'm so excited. We loved Sesh when we were there the last time. I'm pumped to be able to do another show back in New York so soon. So Wednesday, May 15th. For tickets, head to our website at findingmrheight.com slash live. That's findingmrheight.com slash live. You can get your tickets right there. That ticket link will be up as you are hearing this announcement. And the venue is BYOB. So if you want a drink, bring a drink. If you like a Diet Coke, bring a Diet Coke. And we're going to hang out afterwards. We can say hello to everybody. Hope to see you all there. See you there. I understand because it doesn't matter if you're not looking at the camera for this part because we're not going to use it for video. I was only thinking about myself, but you're here too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's really funny. Okay. (laughs) I'm on board. I almost want to use that as the bumper. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Finding Mr. Right, the podcast. I'm Allie, back with my co-host, Rourke. Rourke, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm really happy to be here with you. I think I want to start with that type of positivity, that this is really making my night to have this to look forward to. Oh, me too. Yeah, and for me today, it's because I had a bit of a rough day. I, as you know, as I said last week, I am going through the egg freezing process And you have to do these hormone injections where they want your body to respond in a certain way to them. And so you go in for all this testing and to make sure that it's on track. And basically the results I got today said that I was on a slower track than they would like. It's not like bad, but it just was disappointing and frustrating to hear that my body isn't doing what it's supposed to. And it it upset me a lot, probably more than it should have, but I was in a bad mood today and I really had talking to you and looking forward to this really brought my night to a very happy place. So vulnerable moment, but feeling good now. Well, I'm glad you're feeling good now, but I also think I'm, you know, sorry to hear that that happened today. And I also think that you are allowed to be upset about that. Thanks. Yeah, no, I I definitely, I gave myself a lot of grace. I laid in bed and did cry for a little bit, if I'm being fully honest. You know I love a lay in bed and cry moment. Exactly. You got to do it sometimes. And um, so I had that and I then, you know, I, I actually thought a lot about the fact that I'm very fortunate that I'm having this sort of upset feeling while I am very lucky to be doing basically an insurance policy. And it made me feel very empathetic to people who are literally trying to start a family with this process and like how frustrating and exhausting that must feel. So I was thinking a lot about that too. Like, wow, I just feel for my friends in a way, friends of mine who have struggled with fertility, I I feel for them in a way that I had not before. That is very empathetic of you. I'm not surprised, but it is. Thank you. But yeah, so anyway, um, in sort of brighter news, I have a bit of a callback to our ghosting episode, not a personal story, but just a funny story from the news that I should have thought to tell because it's one of my favorite celebrity anecdotes. Amazing. Need to hear it. So you recall Olivia Newton-John, I presume, right? Definitely. Sandy from Greece. Go on. Sandy from Greece. Thank you. Yes. So did you know that her boyfriend faked his death instead of break up with her. Excuse me? No. When? Uh Uh-huh. A long time ago, he went missing for 12 years, presumed dead. (laughs) Yep. 
<laughs> rather than face the breakup. And then he was just found on a beach in Mexico with a new girl. No. Yep. Okay, so Olivia Newton-John just showed up my ghosting story. <laughs> I mean, she has the best one of all time. She definitely does. Wow. So you know what? If Olivia Newton-John is out there getting ghosted, I don't feel so bad. Truly happens to the cream of the crop. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, that's what about amazing. you? I have a phone-throwing energy moment. Okay, so, so reset the incident <laughs> clock. <laughs> my God. I... I fear that we have set me up for failure here in having this clock. But um, so a few days after we recorded last week's episode about ghosting and I told the story of the ghost, I saw him on Bumble. What are the odds of that? That's incredible. I have seen him, as I mentioned, I have seen him several times. Mm -hmm. Like we've both been on and off single throughout the years. But the fact that I saw him several days after telling that story on the podcast is nuts. So. There was that, but then... That is some ghost shit, though. That's haunting. That is haunting. You're so right. Yeah. I I just screamed. Uh, (laughs) So I don't know if this has ever happened to you when you're on Bumble, but you know how when you're going to look at the rest of someone's profile that you, like, swipe up to see Mm -hmm. it? Like, you scroll. You scroll. Mm -hmm. I, I guess, have a twitchy scrolling finger because I will, more often than I really should accidentally swipe right while just I don't know errantly scrolling mm, yes here? honestly it doesn't so I think maybe we should work <laughs> on your like your mechanics <laughs> great all right however I have I, I've done that with a super swipe uh, where yes. I've accidentally placed my finger in the wrong place to then push up yes um but yeah you do actually it's incredibly directionally sensitive as an app. You really have to push up, not slightly right or slightly not left. at all to the right, or you might accidentally swipe right on the man who ghosted you six yeah. years ago. Oh, idea. Is that a premium feature that, because obviously you can get back somebody you accidentally swiped left on. Should you be able to retract a swipe right? I feel that you should be able to. I feel that there should be... You know that you know how there's that beta feature of Gmail where you can unsend an email after you can set how long it delays for if you want yep. and then you can unsend it for that amount of time. I feel that, that should exist on Bumble. It makes a ton of sense. Like I understand why they don't do it because they give somebody a real-time update that they have a match. True. That would be disheartening. <laughs> yeah, very. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> they've they've taken it back. Yeah. But what if that update weren't real time? What if there were like a 10 to 20 second lag where you could pull it back? I think it's genius. I have no idea what the behind the scenes of that coding is. So maybe we're asking too much, but I think they yeah. can handle it. I think so. Bumble, give us a call. Did he swipe? Did he match you? What What has transpired since? Anything? Nothing. So I, I doubt that he did. We have matched once before. Um a while ago but no I don't think he did so he probably doesn't even know unless he ha- also has premium mm. like if he accidentally did that to me I would see it because I have a beeline great point so hopefully he does not <laughs> but that is that is a, a bridge of anxiety that I could not cross very much so well what are we talking about today rather than um recapping our ghosters today we're talking about a phrase that I hear so often which is if he wanted to he would if he wanted to, he would. So full disclosure, 
you hear this a lot. And when you brought this up to me as an idea to discuss, I couldn't even comprehend how it was used in the way people were using it in your comments. Like that is how broadly this is used. And so I'm, I'm glad we're talking about this because even I was like, excuse me? Yeah. Like when I first pitched it to you and said, I hear this all the time, your immediate reaction was, yeah, what's wrong? Of course. Like what, you know, because the definition that you immediately understood was so cut and dry and we'll get into the different definitions, but that is not the more broadly used context that I hear. And I hear it not only from my clients, but I also see it in a lot of videos, TikTok specifically, because I spend my life on TikTok these days. I see it in so many videos as advice being given. If he wanted to, he would. Ugh, and the problem is that's just too short of a heuristic. Like I don't, I don't think it's getting at the right message. No, it's not. And I think I'd like to break down the different like ways that I think people are using this and, you know, we can decide which ones we're into and which ones we're not. Perfect. And I also would love to, for the first time on the podcast, sort of bring in a current pop culture example of this. A show that Allie and I both love is Summer House. And I think that there is a situation where this has played out on the show in the, in the, recent weeks of the episode. And for non-watchers of Summer House, don't worry, we will provide enough context for this to make sense to you. And um, so yeah, so we're just going to sort of use that as our exemplar. Also for non-watchers of Summer House, watch Summer House. Important point. Thank you. (laughs) It's well worth it this season. It really is. um, But you can do so after you watch this episode. We got you. Don't worry. Yeah. You know, uh, press pause on the podcast, catch up on the six episodes. (laughs) That is not a prerequisite for this pod. Do not worry. Exactly. So I've been talking a bunch about how I'm trying to order in less. And part of that is that I'm cooking at home more. But when I don't have time to cook, which is more often than not, I have really still been loving Factors meals that are ready to eat in just two minutes. Yeah. And they have so many options too. Every week, their menu, they have 35 options that you can pick from. So you can find whatever it is that you're looking for. It's so easy. It's no fuss and no mess. It's so great. And I've also been really enjoying their add-ons that they have. So they have breakfast. They have on-the-go lunches if you don't work from home. I've been ordering their snacks recently to have like a little pick-me-up in the afternoon. And I've really been enjoying that. Yeah. And they also are celebrating Earth Day all month. You can look for their Earth Month Eats badge on their menu. And that will be meals that have the lowest carbon footprint. So shout out to Factor for that one. That's pretty cool. So you can head to factormeals.com slash FMH50 and use code code FMH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code FMH50 at factormeals.com slash FMH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Um, But yeah, so sort of like we did on our ghosting episode, I think it was super helpful to start by defining the terms. So let's start with the way that I thought you were talking about when you mentioned um, if he wanted to, he would. The way I have always used that and heard it is if he wanted to text you, if he wanted to set up a second date, if he wanted to call, he would, you know, sort of insert low level contact in that Mad Lib blank, if he wanted to blank. And that, what what do you think of that concept? 
I have a couple caveats, I think, but generally I agree that like if somebody, for example, I think a, a very clear example is I had someone say, well, I asked him if he wanted to go on a second date and he hasn't replied. If he wanted to, he would. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He is ghosting you. A hundred percent. If you wanted to not do that. Clear cut. Yeah. But I do think that there are some nuances here where people aren't mind readers. No, they're not. Yes. So I think that like, for example, another example of this is you had what you thought was a great first date. Mm -hmm. You don't hear from them afterwards. And the thought there is, well, if he wanted to ask me out, he would. If he wanted to, he would. And yes. True. True. But also, what if he doesn't think you had a good time? What if he's not sure that you want to go out with him again? What if there's that fear of rejection there? Now, I will also say that you, as I know you and I do, might want someone who would step out on that limb and ask you on that second date because they are a proactive, take charge type of person. Mm-hmm. But that's not quite the same thing as if he wanted to, he would. I completely agree with that. Yes. And because this is a stumbling block that I come upon where I am definitely, you mentioned this about yourself on the last episode, that you sometimes get the feedback that it's not quite clear where you stand. And so you like to be very clear that you had a great time. Yeah. And I get that too. I've had guys tell me, I can't tell where you stand. And so I too like to be clear. I also am a planner and it's authentic to me to want to look ahead in my week and schedule something. And so I have this tear between wanting to have a pursuit and like a man who's going to take a little bit of a risk and also be self-authentic. And I had a very clarifying conversation with a guy friend of mine about this Oh, where I was asking, you know, we had this great date. Do you think, like, should I break the silence? Should I text first or whatever? And he made the point to me, the guy's mind is already made up. There is nothing I could say just reaching out. There are crazy things you could say, of course, but by just reaching out, I am not changing the situation because if I say I had a great time, I'd love to see you again. And he feels the same. Amazing. We're on the same page. But if I, if he wasn't into me, me saying that isn't, he was already not into me. Right. And he's not, and you reaching out is not going to make him not into you. Exactly. All you said was that you had a great time. And let's say that, you reaching out to say you had a good time does make him not into you. You don't want that person. Yeah, a hundred percent because that's a loco response. Correct. And so I also think we can kind of flip it and say, if you wanted to, you would. Absolutely. And you should. Let's add that. <laughs> yeah, you should. And I think that, that I love that, that that guy said that to you too, because it's so true. My, mm-hmm. I think I might've mentioned this on a previous episode, but my mom has said to me before, if it's right, there's nothing you can do wrong. And if it's wrong, there's nothing you can do right. And oh, I don't think you've said that because I love that. Wow. Chills Allie's mom. <laughs> she she is a smart lady. And like you said, there are some things that you could do wrong. Like you could, you could send something that would like ruin things. But the mm-hmm. average normal thing that you're sending is not going to meet that bar. Yes. 
Yeah, that resonates. I actually have, this is slightly, slightly off topic, but I have a friend that says um, everything's a deal breaker and nothing's a deal breaker Mm. where when it's with the right person, most things can actually be sort of overlooked and then, and just as vice versa. (laughs) It's so true. And, and it's not to say that like, you know, if it's right, there's nothing you can do wrong. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't work on ourselves and, and try to grow together. It just means that exactly what you said, if they also had a good time, saying that you did too is not going to ruin things. Yeah, that's not what's going to be what drives them away. It's no. all my other qualities. <laughs> right. Yeah, everything else probably. Um, no, but I also think on a story time note related to this, mm. I had a situation that's kind of like that this week where I have been talking to this guy on Bumble and and then we moved to text message for maybe a week and a half, almost two weeks probably. That's long for you. I know. <laughs> and I, I have this annoyed tone in my voice that will <laughs> give away the ending. But I've started to refer to him as the pen pal to friends because he continues to text me or continued, spoiler alert, to text me every day with like an update about his day and asking me what I did. And I just don't need daily check-ins from a stranger. No, no. You have friends. You have a very full social life. Right. And so I tried several times to tell him that I wanted to go on a date. I even went so far as to tell him the specific day that I was free that week. And this man did nothing. He just said, yeah, that sounds great. I'm looking at one point he said, I'm looking forward to it. I'm like, wait a minute. What are you looking forward to? We haven't planned anything. Oh my God. You can lead a man to a date, but you can't get him to take you out for a drink. This is ridiculous. I, I know. So at this point, I'm like, am I am I planning a date for myself and just hoping you'll come? Like, you know, so at that point, I realized that although he apparently wanted to go out with me because he said that, he didn't have that quality that I look for of a proactive person, somebody that is wants to make plans, somebody that is decisive. Yeah. And so I, so it's not that if he wanted to, he would, it's not like, if he didn't want to, it's that he wasn't capable of the thing that I needed him to do. Mm-hmm. And so I told him that and we parted ways. Well, I parted ways. He never responded. Which is his right. Uh, you Absolutely. Yeah. We find that this is a, um, more often than not, we agree that if he wanted to communicate with you, he would. Right. Okay. Let's get to the one that might be a little bit more scandalous, less mm-hmm. agreement. If they wanted to do, and now we're going to fill in the blank with, a specific act that you want, they would. For me, this is a hard disagree. (laughs) Hard pass. Hard pass on this. So like an example that I'll throw out is, I and I saw a TikTok video to this effect. It was about how this woman was in a relationship and she saw her friend's boyfriend giving them flowers And her thought for her boyfriend who did not give her flowers was if he wanted to, he would. And I just call bullshit on that. Yeah, I, I'm very, so this is the definition that I have never used before and my friends have not used before. And I'm glad because I I, I really think it's wrongheaded. Yeah. And I think in my opinion, a better way to say this would be if he's aware of it, capable of it and wants to. He would. Yes. And I understand that that is a little bit longer. It's not as snappy. 
<laughs> but um, okay, let's walk through then the pieces of it. Aware of it. How does a guy become aware of it? Oh, you tell him. It's shocking. I don't. Communication. But we are responsible for communicating our needs. Again, people are not mind readers. And this goes not just for things like giving you flowers, but also things like communication cadence. So let's say that you're the type of person that wants to check in with your partner every day or multiple times a day or whatever it is. Not everybody wants or needs that. Yes, very true. So you are responsible if your partner is not meeting your need in that way, you are responsible for communicating that to them so that you can then work together to figure out how you can meet in the middle, perhaps, on both of your needs if they're not the same. Absolutely. And I actually have a friend who she knew the guy was into her. They were making plans. They were, he was very affectionate, but then his texting was so weird and impersonal. And she, they were out one night and she said, Hey, do you like me? And he said, yes, I do. And she goes, okay. Cause when you text me, it really seems like you don't. <laughs> and he said, Oh my God, I'm sorry. I don't intend to convey that at all. And it, it, It basically fixed itself overnight. I don't know that that's a regular maintenance thing that they need now, but she in sort of a slightly comedic way brought up that, you know, this was kind of feeling odd to her and he took it in stride and fixed it because he really did like her. And I thought that was so funny and cute. I love that. I love that she communicated that. And I think that's just so telling that, again, I always say that impact matters more than intent. Mm-hmm. But you should take intent into account when you're thinking about communicating the impact because the communication sounds different when you think somebody has no clue what you're talking about versus if you think someone's doing it on purpose. Yeah, that's a very different, like, I'm going to use the word confrontation yeah. because, you know, one is a very charged and potentially eliciting a fight or eliciting some sort of pushback, whereas the other is just sort of, bringing up something you think the person might be at a deficit at for your needs, but it's through no sort of quote unquote fault of their own. Yeah. And I always like to assume good intent until proven otherwise. So always want to start by framing it that way. You know, so there's that piece, right? We're responsible for communicating our needs. There's also the part, and this is where we're going to get into summer house and I'm very excited. There's also the part where we're responsible for evaluating those needs and being prepared for the consequences of having them. Yes. Because we talked about this with the concept of being picky that, yeah. and you rightly corrected me on it, where being picky is allowed. You can have whatever quote unquote filters you want, but you do have to accept the consequences of those. And you're not going to get everybody on board for all of your needs necessarily. Right. And chances are you're not going to have every single one of your needs met 100% in a relationship either because the other person isn't going to probably be able to do all of that exactly the way that you would ideally want. Exactly. And, you know, I do think there is a bit of a feeling that your partner should meet every single need across the board for you. I am not of that mind. For me, for example, I I went to an all-girls high school and so female friendship is incredibly central to my life. And for me, my best friends are always going to be women. Honestly, I, I I obviously hope I am friends with my future partner, but there is nothing like a female best friend to me. And I don't expect a man to provide that type of emotional, like that type of emotional female friendship intimacy. No, I mean, and you shouldn't like each person I think in your life fulfills different needs. 
Yeah. That's totally normal. So then um, they've be they've become aware of it. Now let's talk about whether or not they're capable of it. What does that mean to be capable? So I think that different people have different strengths. True. For example, this pen pal man, planning is not his strength. Clearly. he Somebody might not be capable, whether that's literally capable, like they can't handle planning, or emotionally capable of meeting a certain need of yours. Or maybe it's financially capable if your need is you want to go on fancy vacations all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of different ways that you can interpret capable. But that person could want to do a thing, but might not be able to get there, whether that's emotional or otherwise. Yeah, exactly. And I do think that that is what you talk about with the impact that even though they're trying their best, the result for you is not enough. Right. So it's not to say that you should just accept that somebody, that your partner isn't capable of a certain thing and just say, well, I guess I'm not getting that thing. It's that you need to evaluate, accept that they're not capable of it, but then evaluate what that means for you. Is that something that is so central to your emotional health or your happiness or whatever it is that it absolutely must be met? And if that's the case, then that's probably not a fit. Yeah. To me, the way I've always phrased it to myself is, is this a livable or an unlivable compromise? Mm. If it is a truly unlivable compromise, then uh uh-oh. You can't live? Yeah. (laughs) Donezo. The writing's on the wall. Yeah, for sure. So now that we have laid the groundwork for this type of meaning for if he wanted to, he would, neither of us have really, I think, had a clearer example in our lives than watching Summer House. And so to give the listeners some background, our couple is Lindsay and Stephen, aka Stravi. And Lindsay, I'll say up front, I think is a difficult person. I will agree with you up front. Thank you. I don't think the boyfriend is perfect either, but um, that is my bias going in. So they are quarantined as a group in this summer house. This was filmed in August of 2020. So keep that in mind when you understand what this man's options were for planning an event. And so, yeah, it is Lindsay's birthday plus their one year anniversary. So big day. I'll give her that. Yes. He asked her to be his girlfriend at her birthday dinner the year prior. Yes. So middle of the day, Stravi comes over and tells her to be ready at 715. She asks if she should be wearing heels. He says, wear whatever you want. She looks disappointed. (laughs) In a confessional, she says, in the beginning, he surprised me all the time. She describes a helicopter ride. And then she says, she has not been surprised since. I'd also like to jump in here that the helicopter ride is pretty much the only surprise that she ever references from the past, despite saying that he surprised her all the time. Yeah. And it's fun. He actually will bring it up too. (laughs) Great. So also in confessional, and I I differentiate confessional from live filming because she has the benefit of time before recording a confessional. And so she has been able to sort of turn her wheels in a different way. For those who aren't avid reality TV fanatics like the two of us, confessionals are filmed often well afterwards and they film them like all at once. Like you'll notice a lot of times in reality TV, they're wearing the same outfit in confessionals across multiple episodes. So that's what we mean by time. Thank you. Yes, that was a good level set. Okay. 
So she says that she is not expecting any grand gestures. Luckily, the Bravo editors have our backs because they cut to a sepia-toned one-week-later shot where she says, maybe there will be a boat. And then she says, he should be showing me the romance I'm looking for. Here's what he does. He sets up an outdoor dining experience in their lawn. He gets food from the restaurant where he asked her to be his girlfriend. And he turned a photo that he took of her from a trip they took to Italy into sort of that like Italian pop art style of like, if you've ever seen like a sprit, an Aperol spritz ad, yeah. it sort of has that look to it. And it's like a cute poster. And I think Lindsay is somebody who would love to have a giant picture of herself in her home. 100%. When um, Amanda, another cast member, asked Lindsay what she feels about the night, she says, well, it's what I expect of a significant other. And I'm not going to give you a gold star for doing your homework. <sighs> I. I am having a reaction even having watched this episode with you saying that. Rewatching it to take these notes, I realized it was worse than I thought. Yes. As I'm listening it back, I'm like, wow, this is even worse. It's even worse. So this is this ties into my question to you about how do you make someone aware of something? Because he leads her out to the outdoor dining. The look on her face is tragic. And in an in a confessional interview, Paige says that Lindsay is a classic birthday Zilla and basically that Stravi is in for a really rough dinner because she's shocked that like he hasn't recognized that about Lindsay. Yeah, that I think this is a classic example of somebody not appropriately or adequately communicating their needs and then being disappointed when they're not met. Or perhaps because obviously we don't see every moment of their relationship. And she does say a couple times that she's told him what she needs. We don't actually see that happening. So we can't attest to the veracity of that. But if she has repeatedly told him that he's not meeting her needs and he still isn't, she's still with him. This person who apparently can't meet her needs. She's giving him feedback. He's consistently not able to or willing to do it. And she's still disappointed every time. It sounds like a terrible cycle. Yeah. And and this is coming from someone, by the way, who is very into their birthday and was quite upset about last year's birthday with an ex-boyfriend for different reasons. So I have all the empathy in the world for a birthday Zoa, and I still feel this way. So then she asks him, what does this date mean to you? Oh, no. And this is where it really goes off the rails. He, you know, I don't expect everybody to be amazing with their words, but he basically says... I look back at last year and think about where we were and I'm just so happy we're in this place now and together doing this thing together. And I'm so excited to be here with you. And I think reading a little bit between the lines here and integrating a podcast that I've consumed where another cast member um, was interviewed, I think it sounds like he did not want to be a cast member on this show. And she basically said, do this for me. And I think he is sort of referencing that, that I'm genuinely happy to be here with you. I'm not just visiting the summer house anymore. I'm functionally living with you and I'm excited. Interesting. So like for him, that was a big deal. Exactly. For him, this whole process is a big deal. She then says to him, I have higher expectations for our relationship than just going through the motions. What are the, the motions are so subjective. Whose motions? That's the thing. They never really a lot of this is sort of like two people just communicating very poorly. He says, so you want this? And she said, I appreciate this, this being the dinner, I think. Yeah. I appreciate this, but it's been a year. 
And he says back, and this is going through the motions. Lindsay says, well, it's my birthday. What about every other day? What happens tomorrow? I think this is unfair because she immediately sort of like moves the goalposts to be, you didn't do enough for my birthday and what you're doing is not enough for every day either. It It's really frustrating. I, moving the goalposts is such a good phrase to use. I've actually been given that feedback by an ex-boyfriend before. Very oh. valid feedback that at the time I didn't um, take very well. But in hindsight, he was very right that I, and it was a di- different scenario than this, but a similar, I really want you to do X thing. Okay, that's happened. Now this, now Y thing. And we mm. can never just like sit in X for a second. Wow. A very vulnerable of you to admit that. Thank you. <laughs> she said, uh, he says, I planned a lot for this and you're literally glossing over it. She responds by saying, so it's my fault. <sighs> yeah. Steven says, no, there's no fault. I'm acknowledging I can do a better job and I'm doing it and you're not appreciating it. To pause, that says to me she has been communicating to some degree that she wants this stuff and this is his attempt. Yes, I I do think, I don't think she hasn't said a word, but she's clearly either not communicating it well enough or he's just not able to rise to whatever quite high standard she has. Yes, and this is where the the height of the bar scene is revealed. She says, I don't want a dinner. I've been asking for romance for one year. What I want, he cuts her off and says, one year, We I took you to Italy. I took you on a helicopter ride. And she cuts him off and says, let me speak. You got the girl and it turns out you're not that guy. And your version of good is not good enough for me. And then he leaves the house. <laughs> Oh, man. I mean, first of all, I remember being viscerally angry when she says, let me speak, because every time they have a conversation, I scream at the TV, Lindsay, let him speak. Yeah. So the fact that she turned that around on him is just laughable. But yeah. So yeah, then he left. He packs up an Uber and out of the bubble he goes. I think we can kind of focus in on the, you know, her demands, if you will. And I just think... It just seems to me like she is potentially trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. Is that the phrase? Yes. Like she, because something we've also yet to mention for people who don't watch Summer House is Lindsay has a very, very set and written down timeline of her life that the producers very lovingly show us often. And I fear that she is trying to shoehorn Stephen into this timeline because she's worried that it's too late for her to find somebody else who might fit it. Yes. I think she feels like time is getting away from her. And she actually does say later that she is so, she wants a man that she doesn't have to train. Yeah. That, that phrase really got to me too. First of all, because like, let's not refer to people as dogs. Yeah. But but also because you do need to teach someone what, your needs are and they and they do the same back to you yes exactly and i think that Lindsay is uh, i i joke that she wanted him not to have a dinner and a present but to cure covid and host a 300 person wedding with a five carat diamond <laughs> yeah i when you mentioned to me that you thought she wanted an engagement i was like oh yeah you're probably right and i 
I'm sure it was partially a joke to a friend, but Lindsay does say to her friend, her closest friend in the house, Danielle, um, when she gets all dressed up, she says, um, I'm not wearing a ring on a certain finger. So hopefully he can tell that it's available and waiting. Oh man. Like we joke about things that are real. Yes, exactly. Yeah. This relationship encompasses both deficits in your longer, better version of the phrase. He is not probably fully aware and he is also not fully capable. Correct. And it is totally valid for him to not be capable or willing or wanting to meet those particular needs. But both of them need to accept that. Like, which brings us to the potential reconciliation situation. Yes. So the subsequent week, they seem to be attempting to work it out. He delivers sunflowers and he delivers something else via email. It's a PowerPoint. (laughs) I'm already dying. (laughs) And Lindsay says in text response, thank you so much. I will review and get back to you. Oh my God. She may as well have said, I'll circle back. Per the last text. Regards. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh God, so good. So she receives this PowerPoint and then has a conversation. um, Lindsay has a conversation with her best friend, Danielle, that I mentioned earlier about it. And unlike sort of the stuff that I had to read to you because it was interspersed throughout an entire episode, this entire conversation happens in a little snippet. So I actually just recorded it and I'm going to drop it in the podcast so we can comment on it after yeah and i actually told him the other day danielle i was like if you want to make this work then you need to start thinking what does Lindsay need in a relationship figure out what you need yourself and if you're capable of giving me those things yeah you gave him a homework assignment and he did it in a powerpoint and i don't even know what to do with that honestly how many slides is this um it's eight eight slides i don't know what i just saw Honestly, I think that he needed to do this to understand what makes a relationship work. What does that do for you? I am going to continue figuring out, like, is this the guy for me or not? So can I just start by saying that we all need a Danielle? I think she's such a good friend to Lindsay and has her head on her shoulders properly about this issue. Absolutely. I think she... (laughs) She does a very good job, too, of, which I think every good friend does, of being kind but also direct in her sort of assessment of the situation. Yes, exactly. And we obviously played the audio of the clip for the listeners. Bravo did a solid and did pull some stills from it. And so we will post on the Finding Mr. Height Instagram and findingmrheight.com slash podcast those images. We highly encourage you to give those a look because they are wild please look i'd like to specifically point out that he includes lists of to-dos for each of them as if it is a work project and that's the thing what do we think of this as a gesture i think it is very dependent on the person receiving said gesture because if you go back and listen to the episode or watch the episode, Lindsay appears to love it. She does. It's wild. I I do not think that I would love this so much being treated as a, a work project. Yeah. To me, this is not a grand gesture. However, are, are you ready for this, Allie? I don't, I don't know. Am I ready for this? What? I've received a PowerPoint. Fuck. Are you kidding? What? Yeah. 
No. Yeah. Lindsay says hers was eight slides. Want to guess how many slides mine was? Oh my God. I'm going to be wrong. 20? 20? 20, 50. 50 slides. 50 slides. <laughs> Technically, there was a cover page and the very last one was questions. No. <laughs> there was a Q&A portion. <laughs> yep. Yep. Was there a table of contents? There was. There was an executive summary. <gasps> uh-huh. It, it oh, was really crazy. My God. Yeah. I need I need so much more information than I even know how to start asking about. Yeah. Watching this episode was the most specifically triggering event for me. <laughs> how many people out there? It's like you and like six other people that are that are triggered by this particular event. Yeah. And um the reason why the person did it is actually a whole different story, but the general mood was to convince me not to end a relationship. That was the goal. And it was not, honestly, there was, I do think there is a grand gesture that would get Lindsay back. I actually think if this guy proposed, if Steven proposed to her, she, I, I, I think she'd accept. I think you're right. But this did not work on me because th- this the relationship was over and there was no grand gesture that could have saved it. And I actually told this person, they came over to my home and presented it. It was not emailed to me to review on my own. Oh, no. So they were mm-hmm. like clicking through slide 50 slide by slide moments. Yeah. And it was, a, it was multimedia. There were pictures. Oh. There were videos. There was a Google map at one point. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, and I told them up front. Before you do this, it will not change anything. And he chose to do it anyway. And so I sat through it and it was, it was tough. Um, I, I, I still have it and it is, it is both sort of, it was misguided. It was a little sad, like, you know, because he did say some like very vulnerable things about like why he wanted to be together and stuff that was very meaningful to him. And so I, I can give. I can be empathetic towards the, those parts of it, but yeah. it was really just a bad miscalculation. That that I I applaud you for sitting through that. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm sure you had a lot of, you know, you were with this person, right? So it's it's not somebody that you're just going to cast aside, especially if they've put this much effort into something. Because by the way, how long do you think a 50 page deck took him? I definitely think it took a while. I, I I will say I think it I think it took him quite some time. I think he stayed up. I think he he pulled an all nighter. Oh my god, that is absolutely nuts. I just so 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 what was the vi- okay? First of all, did you have any questions? What how, what was the Q and A portion like? I did not have questions. Um, <laughs> I I think also what's so funny is I think what I real the PowerPoint was very different and. The clips that Bravo showed were just sort of generic missives about like what makes a relationship. This was very specific about our relationship. So it was of a different tone. And for me, I realized that I could not make a compliment. Like I could not make an inverse PowerPoint about him. And that was very telling. Yeah. I've, I've had a similar not to the extent of a 50 page PowerPoint deck, but I've had similar thoughts of like somebody writes me a really lovely card and mm. I'm thinking I mm-hmm. could not, I could not write this about yeah. you authentically. 
Exactly. Yeah. Like I can go through the motion. Uh, speaking of going through the motions, I could go through the motions, <laughs> but it would not, it would not be authentic. That's the right word. Yikes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was really hard. And I, like I said, I, I, I tried to give him the option not to sort of open up in that way to me and he still wanted to do it. And so we did it. <laughs> and, um, I, I wonder what he thinks now. I don't think that he's watching Summer House, so I don't know that he's th- these issues are being brought up for him. But um, yeah, it was a I my heart actually elevated watching her go through this, and obviously my group text of girlfriends was blowing up. What a day for the group chat! Yeah, that is that is absolutely wild. I I thank you for that story. Anytime. Uh, well, hopefully not anytime. Hopefully that will be the only time that you feel personally triggered by an episode of Summer House. I never, I uh, do not want to <laughs> revisit those times. Oh man. Yeah. I, I cannot say that I have personally been sent a, a PowerPoint deck from a significant other. Um, I'm all right with that. And yeah. I was going to say, let's, let's keep it that way. Let's keep our decks professional, not personal. I'm into that. I'm into that. Love it. Um, well, Allie, yet again, we have so many five-star reviews. It is, they are so nice to read and choosing which ones to read. The one that I, the one that I chose, it was so, so difficult. They're amazing this week. And I hope we can, you know, put some on Instagram or something else too, because the lovely people deserve to be heard. Yes. And I've actually put a few of these on Instagram already because I liked them so much. Amazing. Also one that was sent via DM by a particularly dedicated Android user, we appreciate you. That is super nice. Thank you for sending. And any other Android users, please do as well. Yeah. So today, the usernames of the five-star reviews for the week are Jamie Michelle 318 TaylorCat94, Piovzanalis, Smith Bidwell, Wanda Workout, Princess Consuela Banana Hammock, personal fave username, Raydor33, Alyssa Fain, I Heart Baseball, and I'd also like to point out that Rourke puts these into a Google Doc for me, and she wrote in parentheses, these are emojis, which I appreciate. <laughs> you are so welcome. Yeah. I also wanted to shout out my favorite um, review subject line, which is the one to follow. I very much appreciate the callback to our title structure. Um, but my favorite review is called Gentle But Honest. It's from Alyssa Fain, and it says, I love hearing Allie and Work's mature take on dating. They have a great way of sharing advice without shaming people who might make common dating mistakes, in quotes. I feel like I'm listening to my two big sisters. That's a perfect choice. I'm glad you read that one. And then I'm going to read from Princess Consuela BH, which I have to assume is Banana Hammock. Busby. As a friend's reference. And th- that title is Delightful and Smart. Real, hilarious, relatable, smart. This podcast has it all. Allie and Rourke are a perfect pair, and I'm eagerly awaiting their next episode. It feels like sitting down for a drink with a couple of friends who give really good advice. Thanks, Princess Consuela. Yeah, I think that is the vibe we are trying to cultivate, like a um, like a brunch with friends, a cocktail, a coffee, whatever. Yes. Pick your pick your bevy. It's the group chat come to life. Exactly. Well, that's all we have for this week. I loved our first foray into pop culture relevance. Absolutely. Anytime I get to talk about reality TV, I'm in. Totally. Um, 90 Day Fiance is next because there are <gasps> many learnings there. I'm kidding. Oh that, my but God. that's not planned to be next. <laughs> it's not planned to be next. But like, if you're not watching 90 Day Fiance, literally stop this pod right now and go do so. That is our um, homework to you. We'll put it in a PowerPoint and send it along with the podcast. <laughs> 
on that note, Rourke, lovely as always. Lovely as always. All right. Bye, girl. Have a good night. Bye.